read something into your hearing. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 12. And I want to start looking at verse number 7. church members, football fan spirits. I knew it was going to be cold outside. And I said, God, I pray that these folk act like they football fans today. And just show up, even in the cold. Y'all have come to church. So glad to see you one. And Marcus, it's been 20 some years since I've seen you, man. But it's so good to see you. Marcus was one of the baddest drummers in the best band in all of the land. If you went to Havana Northside, y'all was just dirty. Second <laughs> oh, Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 7. Give honor to all these preachers in the house. God is really showing me something through, through these preachers. They, they have operated in such excellence without me and even those who haven't fully identified themselves as a minister of the gospel you guys have operated in, in, in true excellence over the past seven months i haven't been here to pray i haven't been here to teach but these ministers have stepped in and been amazing any other church would have fallen apart if the pastor disappeared but this church has stood strong even in the pastor's absence. Y'all do me a favor and bless God for all of these ministers. Minister, if you're a minister of the gospel, would you stand? Come on, stand with me. Come on, bless God for these ministers of the gospel. We bless God for you. And there's some others, they don't even know these ministers of the gospel. But we're going to start calling them out. We're going to call them out because they sitting right here just thinking they're regular people. And they ministers of the gospel. So we're going to call them out. So if you don't stand up next time, I'm going to call you out. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Verse 8 says, For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of God, power of Christ may rest upon me. Over the past few days I've thought about several things to call this, uh, several things that came to my mind about what I should say as a name for this. One thought was, if it ain't one thing, it's another. And that would have been too country. 
got another thought. What's your problem? And that sounded too much like chatting with you too. <laughs> but then I settled on what's bothering you might be what's blessing you. That's what I want to talk about today. What's bothering you might be what's blessing you. Let me begin by saying something that may shatter everything you've ever thought about prayer. A few of you will get this right off the bat. Others of you, it would take a whole message in order for you to understand what I'm about to say. But trust me when I tell you that I have not turned away from God. I know more about him today than I've ever known in my life. So when I say what I'm about to say, please don't misconstrue it and don't get to the place where you don't fully understand that I've studied the scripture and I'm about to rightly divide it. But I'm about to shock some of you. because Some of you are clueless as it relates to prayer. Here it is. There are some things that prayer won't change. I just mess you up. I just mess, I mess you up. I know, I know, I know. You've heard prayer changes things. But in some cases, that's not true. Prayer don't always change things. Now, prayer can change everything. But just because prayer can change a thing does not mean prayer will change a thing. In life, you're going to have three types of problems. And I hope you're writing today. I don't feel like T.D. Jakes. I feel like Joe Osteen. <laughs> I won't be sweating today. There are three things that prayer won't change. And, 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 and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, but, but there, there, there are three types of problems, three types of pains you have in this life. The first is, is temporary pain. Everybody in here will have some temporary pain. Temporary pain is that stuff you go through that only lasts for a little while. Temporary pain. The second type of pain you will have is a long-term pain. That's pain you will have for a long time. So if you're in here today, chances are you're dealing with some stuff that's going to pass away real soon. But you also may be dealing with some stuff that may linger for a little while. The blessing in both temporary and long-term pain is that both of them have expiration dates. Whether that date is close or whether that date is far, you know that a change is coming. That's where we get songs like, trouble don't last. 
hands always. But Eddie, what if I told you that some of the trouble you face will last for the rest of your life? What if I told you that things you've been praying for God to change will never change? And no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you tithe, no matter how much you come to church, you can deal with the long-term pain because you know it's going to change. You can deal with the short-term pain because you know it's going to change, but there's a pain that's permanent. It's pain that's permanent. It won't go away. Second Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 7, Paul describes this permanent pain as a thorn in his flesh. Verse number 7 said, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, I'll talk about that in a minute, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Paul says, thorn in my flesh. Thorn in my flesh is a phrase used to describe, used by Paul to describe a chronic infirmity. Y'all not gonna help me here. This isn't a headache that can be cured by Tylenol. This is a disease that the doctor has said you can live but you got to live with it. Y'all not gonna help me here. See, see, that's what makes a whole lot of Christian folk up, is that we think everything is easy. And we think being a child of God makes the road, the road rosy. But in actuality, we will have to deal with some stuff sometimes. Paul called it a thorn in his flesh. And even though Saquon, we're not told exactly what his infirmity is. It could have been in his flesh, it could have been in his spirit, it could have been great trouble, or it could have been great tribulation. No matter what Paul's fleshly thorn was, it caused him such great distress that he prayed three times for God to remove him. Now I got a question and I want you to think about this before you answer it. Is there anybody other than me you have recognized over the years that there are some things that you prayed for God to change that have not changed yet? Raise your hand high. I know, I know. Raise your hand high. There's some things you pray. Come on, talk to me, talk to me real quick. Is there anybody other than me you, you really wanted God to work some stuff out for you? Matter of fact, there are some fleshly temptations you have. That you wish, I know I'm not talking, I'm talking to this side. I'm not talking to y'all holy folk on this side. There's some fleshly temptations you have that you prayed for God to remove from your mind and from your earliest of existence. You can remember you've had those thoughts. You can remember you've always had those temptations. And though you prayed many times, God didn't remove it. Oh my God. 
No matter what it was, Paul had something going on with him that greatly troubled him. That not, not only caused him to pray one time, but he prayed three times. I'm going to get to the fact that God didn't remove it after three prayers. But first, I got to show you that there was a purpose for his pain. It's right here in verse number 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Am I teaching all right so far? It says, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. Y'all not going to help me here. So there was a reason Paul had this issue that would never go away. This was God's method to keep Paul humble. Y'all not going to talk to me here. There are a lot of us when, when God exalts us, we begin to exalt ourselves above the place where God has exalted us. Y'all not going to talk to me here. And the Bible talks about it that pride cometh before a fall. Y'all not helping me here. And a Holy Spirit before destruction. You got to understand that being blessed can actually destroy you. Y'all miss a good place to say amen. Being blessed, especially being blessed in the spiritual realm, can actually destroy you. There are a lot of preachers, a lot of prophets, a lot of evangelists too, who have lost their lives because they couldn't deal with the abundance of the revelation. Because what happens is, is that when God exalts us in the earth realm, what happens is he places us around people who tend to attribute our guilt to us and not give the glory to God. And so we see people clapping when they get the message and we think they're clapping for us when in actuality it should be a praise to God for speaking through us. I need five people in here to look at your neighbor and say it's really not me who you ought to be praising. Here. But if you get them close enough to a person that has a thorn, 
y'all not helping me here. A person who's close enough can not only see the thorn, but they can see the pain that the thorn causes. Y'all not gonna help me here. So even when you're able to stand up around people you don't know and look like you got it all together, the people that know you will look at you and tell folks they ain't really got it all together. Y'all not helping me here. Paul had an issue that he could not pray away. This was God's way of saying, I don't mind you feeling good about the exaltation I've allowed you to experience. I want you to feel good about that. I want you to feel like you've been favored. I want you to feel like you've been blessed. But man, there's a thin line <laughs> between confidence in your gift and cockiness because of your gift. Y'all not gonna help me here. There's a thin line. And, 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 and here's what here's what happens here. This was God's way of saying, I don't mind you feeling good about the exaltation, but I need to put a mechanism in place to, to make sure that this exaltation that you're experiencing don't cause you to think of yourself anymore than you should.
cylinders count. Slashing his tires count. Put gas in his tank count. Look at your neighbors out for the big man. Where you come from. Amen. And don't ever look at somebody that's not where you are Amen. as if you're somehow better than them. Y'all not helping me here. Do you not know that they are one touch from God away? I don't care how long they've been in that position. They are only one touch from God away from being just where you are. And you're only one fall away from being where they are. Do me a favor, touch your neighbor and say, don't think of yourself as greater than you want to. Come on, look on the other side at that one real Holy Ghost filled person. And tell them you ain't always the same. He was so happy, he was smiling. 
And I looked at him, I said, something's wrong. <laughs> and I walked up to him. I said, hey, son, how you doing? I, I'm doing good, Dad. And I looked in his eyes, and his pupils looked like quarters. And I said, boy, you've been smoking weed. No, Dad, I ain't been smoking no weed. Just hanging out with my friends. <laughs> and I looked at him, I said, I know you've been smoking weed. <laughs> Because I don't smoke weed. And I look just like you smoking weed when I was smoking weed. Y'all not helping me in here. Stop lying to these children acting like you ain't never done them wrong. You can help them. Let me move, let me move, let me move. I'm trying my best to be like Joe Osteen and y'all keep pulling me. Y'all keep pulling me. In this life it's necessary that God us humble because he knows that pride can destroy us. Yes. Proverbs 16 and 18 says pride goeth before destruction and a heart of spirit before a fall. Watch this. Being so close to God, God knew that Paul ran the risk of somehow feeling like he was greater than he was supposed to be thinking of himself. God was saying, God was saying, I've given him so many revelations that if I'm not careful, don't y'all thank God that he's careful with what he bless you with? Careful. He's careful with what he bless you with. He said, because of what I blessed him with, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give him something where he'll never think of himself as me. But watch this here. There's something else I want you to see in verse 7. It says, unless I should be exalted above measure, uh, through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. The messenger, watch this. The messenger, if you miss this, you miss everything. Yes. The messenger of Satan to buffet me. Yes, lest I should be exalted above measure. Yes, Look at what God do, does, Vivian. Yes. God gave Paul something from Satan yes. to bless him. Five of y'all caught that. Let me say it again so the rest of y'all can come get this. God gave Paul something from Satan to bless him. God didn't say, I gave Paul a thorn in his flesh. God described where the thorn came from. He said, I gave him a thorn in his flesh. And it was the messenger of Satan to buffet me.
that in this life there will be some things you can't pray away. Look at your neighbor real quickly. Say, neighbor, there will be some things you go through in life that you won't be able to pray away. God does hear and answer prayer. But there are moments when we can pray until we're blue in the face. And God won't do what we want him to do. I would say this, Quan, God always hears and answers our prayer. But he don't always give us the answer we looking for. Because Paul prayed three times for this stone to be removed. It's in verse number eight. He says, for this thing, I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. But there are things that prayer won't change in your life. God answers him in a moment, and I'm going to tell you how God answers. But let me tell you this first. The things that prayer won't change in your life will be the prayers that will equip you to handle everything in your life. You missed a good place to shout, so let me help you out. Let me explain it better. See, see, there are some things that prayer won't change. But if prayer won't change the prayer will equip you to handle it. Let me give you an example. You can pray for the storm to be moved. And God says this storm is necessary. So I'm not going to remove the storm. But what I'm going to do is, I'm going to make you safe in the middle of your storm. I wish I was talking to five people in here. If you don't believe that, check out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all not going to help me here. Surely they prayed.
life. God says, it ain't changing. And what you don't even understand is that some of the stuff you think is an incinerator is actually more like an incubator. Y'all not going to help me here. And, and this is where I'm going to need somebody to help me out because I don't want y'all to think I'm crazy. So, so, so I call something out, and that's you. I ain't going to keep you up here long, but I need somebody other than me to stand here and look like a fool other than me. Where are the people in here right now who can honestly testify? I'm going through a storm, and I've been going through a storm for a long time, but I have not gotten worse in the storm. I've actually gotten better in the storm. Who looked at you 
you when I lift you back up. Don't ever despise negative talk. It just means you're significant. Somebody say amen. As I heard to a close, and I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Prayer may not change everything. But prayer will equip you to handle everything. Let me say that again. Prayer may not change everything. But prayer will give you everything you need to handle everything that you go through. If you've been going through some stuff for a long time, and I know I may not be talking to everybody, but if you've been going through some stuff for a long time, I want you to stand because I want to read something until you hear it. That's going to bless your life and it's going to change your heart. I'm talking about it's pretty chronic. You, you wanted it to disappear. It hasn't disappeared. It could be a sickness in your body. It could be a marriage that's continually bad. It could be a relationship with your children. It could be a chronic financial situation where you prayed and prayed and prayed for God to bless you with another economic opportunity, but nothing seems to change. Here's what God is saying today. That prayer that doesn't change things will be the prayer that summons grace. God tells Paul, you pray three times and I'm not going to remove it. But here's the good news, Paul. My grace is sufficient. You may not get another house. You may have to stay in that apartment. But my grace is sufficient. You pray for another job and you might not get another job. But don't you worry about it because my grace is sufficient for you. Let me help a few of you out. God's grace is so wide. You can't get outside of it.
Leviticus 15 verse number 10 says this but by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect on my life he says now I work harder than them all yet not I but the grace of God was with me oh God I feel your presence in this place I don't know who this is for man but come on I ain't gonna even tell you I ain't gonna say five I ain't gonna say seven but man whoever you are right now man give God thanks for his grace That's it, that's it. Somebody's praising him. Somebody's lifting up their voice and saying thank you. For your grace. For your grace. I'm not who I am. Because I've been so good, Marcus. I'm not who I am. Because I haven't made mistakes. I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar because I believe an altar has already been created at your seat. Keith, can I tell you something? I can tell you right now because of what God has shown me because like Paul, God has given me an abundance of revelation. So what I'm about to say to you, we haven't talked about. We've talked a lot, but we've never talked about this. But man, there's something that you wish would go away. And it's been hindering you since you were a child. You probably started recognizing it around 14 years old. You start realizing you were a different man. As you've gotten older, man, you've tried to mask it. You've tried to cover it. But it wasn't you masking it and covering it that got you to this place. It was God's grace covers you. It was God's grace that covered you. And here's what God says, man. Stop despising your dysfunction. Because that dysfunction may have been given by Satan, but God has used it more prayerful than you've ever been in your life. He's used it, man, to put you in a place now where he can actually open you up to pour in more than you've ever received in your life. So that thing, man, that Satan dropped in there, God gave it permission to affect you, but it will not inflict you. God says, grace is covering you. Don't let it bother you after the day, man. Do you 
receive that? Do I make sense? You wouldn't lie to me, would you? Am I speaking directly to you? Don't let it linger in your mind after the day to the place where you don't realize that you are blessed beyond measure. You just got it because God don't want you to think you are above measure. Now, if y'all tired right here, y'all got just going on about your business. But I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's, here's what's going to happen right here. Now, now, this is what I want you to do. Ushers, I want you to do this. I'm going to give about 30 seconds for anybody who has to leave to leave. I'm going to be about five more minutes. But once they walk out of that door, nobody enters past you, bro. After this, right? Nobody leaves. After, nobody come back here. I don't want my spirit agitated by your movement. And I say that with all the respect in the world for you, but it's more respect for God. Don't let anybody enter there. I don't want to see no movement. You got to move. You got 10 more seconds. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. You want to know the only reason why you ain't been locked up in a mental institution? God's grace has kept you. But not only has God's grace kept you, there's another part of that verse which says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So when you were at the place of a mental breakdown, it made God rise up stronger in your life. And there are a lot of people who don't know your true story. And what God's going to do today, he's going to release you to start telling the people the truth about your life. He's going to release you from the embarrassment. Because what you learn today is that not only do you have issues, but everybody around you have issues. And you don't have to be embarrassed by anything you've gone through. The reason is, it's because God has brought you through every bit of them. And he's made you stronger because of what you've gone through. Lift your hands right now. I just want to release you. I want to release you. I want to release you. I want you. I want to release you. I want to release you to be more truthful and transparent about what you faced in your life. Those things that were meant to kill you only make you stronger. God, we thank you now. We thank you now for divine release. We thank you right now for that testimony that the devil tried to hide. Oh, but not after the day, God. After today, God, that testimony will be shared with the world. It'll bless some woman. It'll bless some man who's been gone, who's hit rock bottom before. They'll realize after hearing what you have to say. They'll realize that you can come back from anything. You can come back from spiritual hurt. But you can also come back from physical hurt. God, release her now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody just say, God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your grace. Come on, I know everybody ain't doing it. Everybody can't do it. Everybody ain't been where we've been. 
because you, you do understand right now that your life would not be where it is right now had it not been for God's grace. Come on, take some time right now and thank Him for His grace. Come on, thank Him for His grace. 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 But you don't make any more money than you did last year. But you still haven't lost anything. You got more bills than you had last year. But you ain't got no more money than you had last year. But grace covers insufficiency. Grace covers the insufficiency. So Paul says, watch this. Paul says, watch this. He says, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. God gets stronger when we get weak. One of the greatest things, I don't know if I told y'all this in Bible study or not, but I finally figured out after doing a lot of study and research and talking to people that I suffered I suffered from depression I would get real low I ain't trying to embarrass nobody anybody other than me suffer with depression you get real low you know what that feels like and see what people don't understand about depression is is that you can't talk me out of depression you can't call me and tell me to get up and I ain't like it. I ain't like this. Everything is all right. And that's one of the things I can't stand about people who've never gone through anything and you don't understand. You think everything is just a scriptural way. Are y'all hearing me? Man, sometimes you got to go through the process. And that's what blessed me. I've learned, man, when I felt low, I stopped trying to be everything to everybody. I learned that there were some times I needed to stop trying to press my way and show God just how weak I am. And what I love about God is that when I show him how weak I am, he begins to show me how strong he is. Don't you let anybody make you feel bad about admitting you're weak. So when you get to this place, Paul says, most gladly, therefore, this is where we're leaving. I'm leaving you right here. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Y'all not here for me here. This ain't for everybody, man. For y'all who ain't got no infirmity, this ain't for y'all. But for the few of y'all who got some infirmities, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, God, I give you praise for my infirmity. I give you praise for my infirmities. Because when I'm able to acknowledge my infirmities, the Bible says that the power of Christ rests upon you. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says when I'm able to acknowledge my infirmities, the power of Christ, y'all didn't hear me, when I'm able to acknowledge my infirmities, 
praise him because you got a new car. Not to praise him because you got a new house. But can you praise him for the thorn in your flesh? Praise him for your infirmity. Praise him for that thing that hasn't changed. Go ahead and give him praise. Because that thing that the devil sent to kill you has actually been meant to bless you. upstairs a lot and sometimes I'm very very transparent with them and I tell them that before I preach before I preach that's the reason why I really just can't come down and be with you because I don't I don't want to be around people at that moment because whenever I preach preachers y'all might know this feeling whenever I preach it's the weakest time of my life so when I'm upstairs, I'm, I'm not kicking back waiting for praise and worship to end. I'm upstairs asking God, if you don't strengthen me, I can't do this. It's the weakest I ever am. And it happens every time. And a preacher once told me, Keith, he said, if you ever lose that feeling, you've lost the power of God. He says, because when you're able to admit you're weak, that you can't do it without Second Corinthians chapter 4 says this we are troubled on every side yet not distressed that's what grace will do trouble on every side yet not distressed somebody shout I still got joy got no joy. <laughs> you ain't got no joy. You can't. That one lady back there got joy. Come on, you really got joy. Say, I still got joy. Repeat after me. Say, out of all the things I've been through, I still got joy. I've been in the valley, but I still got joy. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are prosecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down and not destroyed. Every head, body, right close. Some things to change, they have not changed. 
And I want you to notice that after Paul prayed three times and God finally spoke to him about his trouble, Paul stopped asking for God to change that. It didn't say Paul prayed countless times. It said he prayed three times. And when God answered him, he stopped praying about that. And some of y'all are wasting breath. You're wasting prayers. Because God has already answered you. You just didn't want to hear what he had to say. You need to learn how to trust God. Even when he tells you. This will not change. Because he says even though it will not change. I will transform you. Into a person that's able to handle it. Right here at your own altar, man. Right here at your own altar. I want you to be personal. I want you to be selfish right now. This is a good selfish. I want you to embrace your infirmities. Embrace what's wrong with you. And understand that there's some things you're going to have to deal with for a long time. And right now, man, I just want you to pray and ask God for his grace to continue to sustain you. Go ahead and do it now. Come on, take about 120 seconds. God is awesome.